Here we are, back for episode 30. 30. Episode Martin Brodeur. So, here we are at Blues Hockey Podcast. Host Jason Martin along with Chris. How are you? What to do, what to do? I was like, can't change it up there. So, anyway. Oh, keep it fresh. And we're just talking about some uh, being nerds and comic, comic stuff. So, anyway, wrestling and comic stuff last two weeks. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so it's been that way. So. Uh, Royal Rumble next Sunday. Super excited. But that's me. So, we're going back to you. We have four games to go over this week. We last came to you was the Blues 7-2 to win over San Jose. So, we have to rewind all the way back to January 10th that the uh, Blues played the Hurricanes. So, this is a game that... A trap game. Yeah, to say the least. So, there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff happened here. So, I'm going to kind of change it up here. I'm going to roll through everything... Period by period. So I'm going to give you everything that happens in that period. And we'll talk about it. And then we'll start doing it that way. All right. So then we'll have some witty banter back and forth. Or at least try. Yeah. So Blues playing, taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. Kirk Muller, the Blues for uh, now assistant coach. His uh, old squad, where he's fired from. Uh, yeah. Does it last year? Last year. So Blues starting their tr- keeping their trend up of letting in an early goal. So exactly a two-minute mark. Victor Rask gets his sixth year from Ryan Murphy. And Jeff Skinner. Then Blues come right back at the 621 mark. Alexander Steen gets his 12th of the year from David Backus and Alex Petrangelo. Unfortunately, they can't hold that lead. Nope. Jeff Skinner gets his 10th of the year from Victor Rask and and Alexander Semin, who actually showed up this game. And at the 1242 mark, Eric Stahl gets his 13th breakaway on a breakaway, unassisted. So after one period, Blues are down three to one. So like we said, to start off not good. Blues uh. Left the early goal to Victor Rask, where he's just on the left wing boards and just kind of settles the puck, waiting for things to settle. And the puck uh, hits Ian Cole's stick on the way in, changes direction, goes in between Brian Elliott's leg for the goal. Yeah, this is the goal that I think we actually missed because we were wrapping up the last show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the same old story with this team, and, and that it seems like they. I would love to see the actual the stat. I wonder who, if anyone gives up more goals in the first three minutes of a game than the Blues do. Yeah. It is a thing trend that I really hate. So this game, um, I really, this period especially, was not thrilled with the play of general the Blues in general, but also uh, I thought Brian Elliott was... A, would you, would you say hung out to dry, or was he awful? Sort of a combination. Um, he wasn't... As bad as I've seen him, uh, there were a couple that breakaway he should have had. Um, but that second goal, if I, if I remember correctly, I, I think he uh, he kind of got screwed by his own defense. Um, the breakaway one, uh, they turn the puck over at the blue line, and uh, Stahl just uh, turns on the 
Jets yeah. and just well, Shankirk fell too. Didn't help the matter. So yeah. Butler, you know, not the most fleet of foot. No, I mean, they were stall for that matter, but as they still. As, as soon as Shattenkirk fell, I was just like, oh crap. Um, you know, I think it was an overall crap period by the entire team. I think Elliott should have had a couple of those. I think the defense didn't play up to par. It was just an overall yuck period for uh for the blue line. Yeah, so after that period, um, Brian Elliott's pulled and taken out of the game. As he should have. Well, technically he's pulled and not even at the 10-minute mark. Uh, well, I'll take it back. He is pulled eh, after the third goal, you know, which is when Eric Stahl scored was about the 13-minute mark or so. Yeah. It just it became it's more of a It's more of a wake-up. I would say more of a wake-up call. Like He made some saves, but he still, to me, on a lot of saves – He's letting the rebound out, yep. and he's not really. It looks like he's fighting it at times. Like that glove, that glove hand has been struggling quite a bit since he's been back from the injury. It has been my biggest problem with Brian Elliott since day one is that I think I I don't I don't know if it is a voice inside of his head that he questions himself. It's like a goalie thing. Yeah, man, because he will make saves that are out of this world, and then. 20 seconds later, you'll see someone come in on a crappy angle or, you know, a really pedestrian-looking play, and they beat him, and it looks like he's never played goal before. Mm-hmm. And I don't get it because, you know, you'll see him stand on his head on a on an odd man rush where they should just bury it. I I, I just have problems figuring him out sometimes, and it, it bothers me, and this first period of this game and another game we'll get to really kind of highlight my biggest question marks of Brian Elliott. So as I brought in the other, I was telling you the other night, we talked to a listener on the show, Mitch, who was uh, kind enough to help me out with some destiny stuff. Yeah. So yes, but uh, we were talking about how uh, he was more concerned about Jake Allen which I thought was interesting, which he he has struggled. He did have that thing with sure. and he was talking about you think the Blues should still let Broder go and start, or hold on to him maybe till more of the trade deadline instead of like obviously with much we'll get news we'll get into that Broder went on a one week leave of absence. Right. Um, I'm split on this. If you're going to use him, then keep him. Yeah, but, but him just sitting up in the press box every yeah, night. Yeah, but it, it makes no sense to to keep throwing him money, especially when these bonuses are coming due. If he's just going to sit up in the press box and watch, the yeah, game. I think he's got one after the All Star break for about one hundred twenty five thousand, and yeah. then another one in March for one hundred twenty five thousand. So um, to to me, three hundred thousand or two hundred fifty thousand dollars, a lot of money. Sure, and I think it's it's a lot of money for anyone in the grand scheme of sports. It's not much, but, with but the, and also when with you're the way really the, just kind of flushing it down the toilet. I mean, if you're going to play him, then that's not that much money. But as we've seen the last couple weeks, it's a two-man rotation. It's not a three-man rotation anymore. Yeah. So that's been interesting. So Jake Allen steps in here, and let's get to our second period now. So at the 407 mark, the Blues the Blues came out flying this period in general, but the 407 mark, James Schwartz gets his 14th year from Paul Stastny. He really is the motor on this team. Yeah, like we talked about last week. And then about under a minute later at the 501 mark, believe it or not, Patrick Bergwin, yes. No. Patrick Bergwin. No way. Patrick Bergwin gets his sixth of the year from David Backus and Alex Petrangelo. Unfortunately, the Blues can't hold that lead. At the 15.06 mark, 
Riley Nash gets his seventh of the year from Nathan Gerby and Tim Gleason. So as Blue, we were talking about, uh, I think the Blues completely outplayed Carolina for about 18 minutes of this game. Yep. And then, unfortunately, there's that minute and a half where they couldn't get out of the zone, and then Riley Nash scored. Uh, Not to be confused with Rick Nash. Correct. Apparently, uh, they said on the broadcast. Said once, at least once, I know he said Rick Nash. Uh, the Jaden Schwartz was a fantastic play where they had the Blues actually made a full line change yep. while holding the puck in the, in the Carolina zone. And Jaden Schwartz, uh, right when Carolina gained the, zone, the possession, you think that all oh, the Blues got a, didn't get anything out of that. Go try to get to make a pass, and James Schwartz knocks it down, goes across the middle into the slot, and outweights Cam Ward and gets the goal. It was, and it barely got by the defenseman who was trying yeah. to back up Cam Ward. So, really nice play. And then also David Back, uh, excuse me, David Backus on that play was holding the puck in the corner for like the longest time while the uh, change was happening. Mm-hmm. So I want to note that that he had an excellent play there. So the Blues, as I said, like doing really well. Um, in that period. And the next thing that happened was as uh, in the corner, Vertrangelo has the puck along the boards, yeah. throws the back is in the slot who the last couple games. And that's like the spot he's been shooting from and doing some decent snipes, but he uh, does kind of like a backhand drop to Berglund and Berglund takes a blast it low to the uh, stick side of a uh, Cam Ward and the blues are back in this. It was then the Riley Nash thing happened, but honestly, outside of that, I mean, the blues played extremely well. Yeah, it was, a great period for the Blues, like you said, aside from that 90 seconds. And they were actually out uh, shooting. The uh, They were getting outshot, but then they were, uh, you know, turned it on, actually out shooting Carolina by the end of this period. So uh, at one point, the only the, the Riley Nash thing that bugs me because you couldn't tell if it went in. It yeah. kind of rolled up on Jake on Jake Allen on the blocker side. Uh, but it just and it kind of snuck through. And then what uh, – yeah, uh, your Toulouse was sitting there, and you thought he might be the one to get it, but he didn't. So let's go into the third. You think the Blues are going to this year? Before we get to the third period, this year, I've had a complete kind of mind change coming into the third period from now on. Okay. I used to be very glass half empty guy. Right. Like we're screwed. Like no hope. I really don't think nothing's going to happen. You mean if we're losing? If we're losing. Okay. Losing or not, maybe tied, not playing well. Sure. Either one of the two. It just seems in the third period this year, they just were able to turn it on most games. I think every game. I agree. But I would say 90% of the time, this team was able to turn it on and get the tying goal, get the game-winning goal, get something, or just so much pressure that that goal has to stand on his head to preserve the tie, you know, possible win, whatever. You know, it, it's something that um, Armstrong has preached for a while, as has Hitchcock, which is changing the culture and learning how to win and finding ways to win. And this season, the Blues seem to be doing that. Um, there are times where they let things slip by, but that's everybody. Um, but I have to agree with you that this season, more than not, it seems like the Blues even when they appear to be out of it, find a way to pull even and then ultimately come back and win. Yeah. Um, that hasn't always been the case in the yeah. third period. So I've been like really uh, extremely happy with the third periods lately. So, and it continues. The 646 mark, Vladimir Tarasenko gets his 23rd of the year from Kevin Shattenkirk and Barrett Jackman. And that is the only activity in the third period. So Tarasenko, pretty much similar to the Dallas goal, 
yep. that he tied where he's, his back is facing defenseman and he receives a puck and he kind of fakes going towards the middle and goes against the boards and basically yeah. the hoping the defenseman is flat-footed. Um, worked in some cases, and it worked on this one because Tim Gleason, who's old as hell and slow. <laughs> Correct. So they're able to – he walks uh, Tim Gleason. Actually, the initial shot is saved by uh, yeah. Cam Ward, and then the rebound he roofs on over top of him for the goal. And it was pretty. So yeah, it was as really, com- really nice. As you come to expect from Vladimir Tarasenko. The Blues uh, turn on and have a ton of chances. And Cam Ward has to do a very good job of holding them into it. Uh, Carolina has a couple here and there. But, I mean, he was – he looked like the Cam Ward of like, oh, I, I want to count Smythe, Cam Ward. Not like last I, I year where you're Yeah. So, in overtime, technically nothing happens. The Blues had something happen, but the goal was taken away. Yeah, that was – Shady, it was the right call, but unfortunately, the way the rules are written, it just sucks because there's any kind of contact, it just that's the thing. If there's any kind of contact, the way the rules are written, that you have to blow the whistle and call it no goal. Uh, as what happened, uh, Camor comes out after a nice passing play from Berglund to Laterra to Jay yeah. Bomeister. Bomeister takes the wrist shot as Berglund's going across the crease. Does clip Camor very slightly on his skate, but the thing that causes it, it's before the shot. Yeah. The thing that happens during the shot is his defenseman hits his skate and it causes him not to be able to Correct. be in position. So, unfortunately, the ref blow, uh, waves it off and no goal. So, the Blues and Carolina are scoreless after overtime. We go into shootouts and shootouts. A good goal from Oshi. Nothing from Steen. Nothing from Tarasenko. Nothing from Jeff Skinner. Nothing from Eric Stahl. And nothing from Alexander Semin. Yep. So, the Blues win in, win in a shootout 5-4. Uh, Jake Allen, very nice job coming in and stepping up and preserving Agreed. the win. He had some very good saves. Yep. Um, was solid the whole time, so the, hopefully it's a good confidence booster for him. The three I think st- that's the type of performance that Jake needed. Yep, the three stars of the game, Alexander Steen, Jake Allen, and Jeff Skinner. So the Blues continue their winning ways. Go against Carolina, 5-4. to four. Once again, staying at home and facing another team that is not that good and the Edmonton Oilers. So... Once again, you think the Blues need to kind of don't fall into that trap yeah. of, you know, this is an awful team. We're just, you know, last time they played this team, they probably had their best period of hockey ever in the first period where they mm-hmm. legit almost had 20 shots, but only winning one nothing. Yeah. So ben Scribbins, you know, was playing really, really well. Not so much in this case. So, excuse me, not as much in this case, like you said. Blues are dominating this period, but finally break through at the 1349 mark. Once again, Vladimir Tarasenko, his 24th of the year from Laterra and Barrett Jackman. Then at the 1641 mark, David Backus gets his 15th of the year from Yori Laterra and TJ Oshie. So Laterra starting to get some points now. He struggled quite a bit lately. He had that uh, big start with the STL line. They had that yep. big month, and ever since then he's been relatively pointless. Not pointless as in pointless as in not having any points. Right, correct. <laughs> but uh, not doing well, you know. Still playing well, I think, but not to the point sure. where we're getting points. I mean, th- that basically is turned over to the back is line heating up. Um, it's interesting how you see the um, the scoring go from one line to another, but they're never hot at the same time. Yeah, which is kind of like what you need in the playoffs. You kind of need like one line to be doing really well, and then hopefully you can get pitched in, and you know the, all, all those lines have a ch- good chance of doing something. I agree. Which the Blues have not had. So, Tarasenko's goal was uh, one that Ben Scrooge would really, really want back. Yeah, not yeah. the strong. I mean, it was a strong shot, but it's something that Scrooge should have had. Yeah, he was in the slot, and the Blues basically, he basically was just curling. Kind of just threw at the net, 
And Skirvins hits between his glove and his blocker and just slowly gets, just barely gets by him. He had his glove a little high. Well, yeah. it's a little stick side. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, You're thinking of the uh, next other goal. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just one of those where, you know, Tarasenko saw the opening and put it where he wasn't. Um, but if you're a sound fundamental goalie, that goal should not have been scored. Yeah. So the Bacchus goal happened off an awesome pass from Latera in the corner and then a nice redirection from Bacchus who was yeah, streaking through beautiful. the slot has just tips it right by uh, Scriven so doesn't have a chance. So let's go to the second period and uh, Jaden Schwartz gets his 15th of the year from Jackman and Tarasenko. So that was the only action in that period. So Blue's up 3 to nothing. Um, basically the Schwartz goal... I'm trying to remember what happens now, because we've had a lot of games go over. So yeah, I'm I'm clueless on this one. I don't remember. This but anyway, at all. Uh, it was the Jackman shot from the point, or mm-hmm. he shot from the point, and then uh, Schwartz was kind of streaking by and yeah. had a stick on the ground and redirected it. And Skirvins once again didn't have a chance. I thought outside of the Terra single goal, he played pretty well. I think the all the other goals really wasn't his fault. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can do when you're the uh, goaltender for Edmonton. Yeah, I want, the one thing I want to point out was the Oshi kind of breakaway, where he did like a spin. Yeah, and then he passed it right to uh, was breaking up Petrangelo, uh-huh. who went on the back uh, backhand and uh, Scrivens just stoned him. It was a really good play. So let's get into the third period, and uh, where uh, Benoit, uh, yeah, I hate, and we'll go with that. It's the seventh of the year from Justin Schultz and Jordan Everly. Uh, Blue is luckily counting right back, not right back, but at the 16-26 mark, Alexander Steen gets his 13th of the year from David Backus. But unfortunately, at the 18-04 mark, uh, Benoit Pouliot Balls. gets his... Huh? You said Benoit. I was making an archer joke. Oh. <laughs> That's how it's spelled. So, anyway. Uh, gets his... Uh, Benoit. Yeah. Gets... Uh, anyway. Gets, gets his eighth of the year from Teddy Purcell and uh, former Blue Derek Roy. Uh, the Benoit Pouliot goal was kind of like a deflection in front right. on the power play. He just took a shot from the point. He kind of just deflected it. Allen thought it was high, but um, it unfortunately was not. So, like I said, uh, Jake Allen is in net. This is a planned for him to be in net anyway. Yes. Type thing. So he was, uh, you know, played well again. So I liked it. The Steen goal was off the faceoff on the left of. Uh, ben Scrivens and wins it clean, and Steen just steps right. into it a rifle. It was a it was a hard shot. Like, and Pouliot was another one. That's like a three on. They kind of a breakout goal, and he was in the slot area, and he beats Jake Allen a uh, blocker side. So I, I wasn't a fan of it, but it was a hard shot. And after kind of seeing what people said on Twitter, a lot of people agreed. It was Allen, that was just a good shot. Allen didn't have a chance. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna save all of them. Yep. You know, they're, they're believe it or not. There are people on other teams that know how to score goals. Yeah. So uh, another thing I want to make a note is the little scrum at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Alexander Petrangelo. Alex Petrangelo, Alexander. Alex Petrangelo uh, uh, going after, once again, Benoit Pouliot's. Uh, exactly. You think he was trying. I want to I wanna tell myself he's trying to go for the stick. But he really, really, <laughs> was really won. And then so there's a little scrum at the end after he kind of did a little, you know, a little bit of a cheap shot there. So I'll make Pretty note awesome. of that. I thought it was funny. So yeah, if we can find video of that, that's that might be hit of the week. Yes, <laughs> it was really good. So the Blues 
uh, renewing their rivalry with the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Oh, I still hate them. I thought I was over that until I started watching the game, and I was like, no, I really still hate them. Yeah, it was. it's interesting to watch. Uh, I remember from the past, uh, when I used to go to Detroit games, and, you know, Detroit, you know, you know back in the day, it traveled really, really well. Oh, yeah. And they'd come down from Detroit. There would be a lot of fans. There'd be a section right uh-huh. uh, up high, right where the Detroit would shoot twice. Yeah. And it'd be, you know, pure red. Yeah. You know, just kind of similar to how the Chicago is now, sure. where there's a lot of red. Um, not as much. There's still a good chunk of people there from yeah. what I heard. Uh, but still, not as compared in the past where there was just, like, sections of, like, Detroit fans and it sucked. But... Detroit scored. You still you heard it's a good I think a good chunk of cheers. Part of that is probably due to the fact that eighty five percent of Detroit is now unemployed. Mm, that could be. And they, you know, that they could can't be really it. afford to come down here anymore. That could Unless be. Unless RoboCop's going to give them a ride. New RoboCop or old RoboCop? Um, either one. Both are based in Detroit. That's true. They were so. The new one. What other Detroit jokes can we make? As I'm with a uh, Hill cop. <laughs> yeah, Axel Foley, give him a ride. Axel Foley. Eminem. Charge charge it on the uh, account like he did. <laughs> Eminem I got you a robe, and I got you a robe. I got you a robe, and you a robe. And don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> Blues, taking on Detroit, Detroit at sucks. home. Yeah, at home. Uh, so, uh, first period, let me talk about it. There was nothing happened. So. Okay, and we're done with the first period. So, we were, uh, we had a game. There weren't even any, peri- any uh, penalties, were there? I mean, nothing. it was just clean 20, right? Uh, no, there was penalties. It was a ton, actually. Not There's like that, Ott and Brendan Smith kind of mixed it up. Bomich took a penalty. Stephen White took a penalty, and Tomas Sattar took a penalty. Ah, uh, so, so, but nothing. I mean, nothing really happened until the 1804 mark, and we were at the post watching this part. Uh, Joachim, that's uh, I'm going with Joachim because that's what it sounded like. Anderson gets his first of the year. Of course he does. Of course he does. From Drew Miller and Luke Glendening. Um, this is a very Polite word. Soft. Soft goal? Yep. Let's go with that. Uh, By Brian Elliott, where the puck was uh, just pretty much just shot up against him, and it rolls up the side of him. Yeah, man. Something where if you were covering the post like you should, I think you should have had it. In my my personal opinion, I thought thought that was a very weak goal. I 100% agree, and this is what we were just talking about not even 10 minutes ago, is that he'll make saves that look superhuman, and then he'll turn around and hold that one in, that is, you know, peewee hockey day one of running how to play goal, hold the post. Yeah, which we'll write it in between this one and the next goal I'll talk about where uh, Zetterberg gets the feed in the center and blasts a shot and yeah. he, like, gets with his glove and it was like, holy. Yeah, like yes, not even like, 30 seconds later. Yeah, and it's like the Blues are scrambled at this point and all of a sudden he pulls, like, the weak goal and he saves us there. But unfortunately, bad coverage by Joe B. Joe, blah, blah, blah. That guy. That guy. Jay Bowmeister. There you go. The 1904 mark. At Thomas Totar gets his uh, 18th of the year from Jonathan Erickson and Riley Sheehan. Uh, basically, Blues are headed their own end. A shot from the point. Elliot makes the save. The rebound comes out, and Totar is right there to clean it up. Well, Jay Bowmeister is not not covering right. He's on the right-hand side and right hand to more to the front of Tatar. So when the shot goes, Tatar is in perfect position just to turns around and boxes him out. Yep. And then take an easy backhand by, you know, the sprawling uh, Brian Elliott, who I said, I did see people complaining about this, but it, I thought it was more of Bo Meester's lack yeah, of defensive coverage. I mean, but I would say 80, 20. Let's go with that. You know, we were sitting with the guy who plays goalie on our, on our floor hockey team. 
And the first thing he said was, you know, dude, you've got to be between your man and the goalie. Yeah. You cannot hang your goalie out to dry like that. Yeah. He's a goalie, so he's like trying to cover for himself. I know. But anyway. But in this case, he was tr- he was right. He was right. So, unfortunately, we was down 2-0 going to the third period. So, I don't think – I think you were talking at the time, or we are. maybe it was when I was walking out with somebody else. I know. Well, you're still there. And I said, we got this. And my and our good buddy was like, mm, okay. We didn't look that good the last two minutes of the period. I was like, I'm calling it 3-2 in a shootout. And he was like, we'll see. So the Blues, I was going to the third period. Am I right? Almost. Almost. At the 358 mark, a power play goal by David Backus from Jay Bomeister yep. and Kevin Shattenkirk. So Bomeister kind of makes up for it by uh, keeping the play alive on this and just takes a shot uh, from the point deflected by David Backus in front. So really nice play. We'll take it. So we decided to leave. Well, we decided to leave because they were five minute mark when yeah. Detroit had the goal called off. Yes, they had the goal called off, which I still don't know why. I, no idea why. Because somebody was yelling at the bar like, "Oh, he was in a crease." That doesn't mean anything anymore. As long as no. you're along it, the uh, the ruling that I saw, it said that he was in the crease and he prevented, even though he did not touch Brian Elliott, he was preventing him from being able to make the save. Well, sure, man. Whatever. So whatever helps us out. So uh, I believe it was uh, uh, Tatar was in the crease, yep. and that's what caused it. So the Blues, you think you're down three to one with about four or five minutes to play, you're still having hope at two to one. Yeah. And prayers are answered. Alexander Steen gets his 14th of the year from Alex Petrangelo and Vladimir Tarasenko. At the 19-20 mark. Yeah. So really awesome play. Just a very a very set play where they're coming up the ice with the goalie pulled. Uh, Terry gets the puck at the blue line facing, um, I believe it was Kevin Shattenkirk, yep. and throws it to a uh, streaking uh, Petrangelo. Steen comes flying in. Petrangelo just waits long enough to put the shot or shot pass to Steen, who deflects in between the pads of uh, Peter Morazic, yep. who is in for Not the injured. Correct. Who is in for the injured Jimmy Howard? Correct. So the Blues tied up and hold on to get the two-two tie going into overtime. So here, the Blues look pretty good. Have a ton of shots. Yeah. And look really good. And then Detroit comes down. We ice it with 30 seconds left. I'm like, okay, it's fine. Let's just, you know, then we clear the puck with 10 seconds left. One last rush for Detroit. And Pavel Datsuk buries it past Brian yeah. Elliott at the 457 mark. I thought it was 2.2, but it might be with three seconds left. His 15th of the year from Kyle Quincy and Danny DeKaiser. Uh, he basically is in the slot. It's a pass from uh, Quincy. Uh, he's left, you know, pretty wide alone in a decent scoring area Which and rifles a shot. And it hits um, Brian Elliott's shoulder, rolls up his um, blocker, and into the net. So first uh, on the radio, Kerber was it was like really unsure, run sure, yeah, sure, and then he's like, oh yeah, that's in. Well, it sounded like even, and I was with you, I was listening on the radio. You know, the way that it sounded was like, you know, Detroit is celebrating, but it didn't sound like there was even a, a goal signal from the refs. Like, people weren't sure, like, so which made me think that maybe there was a, a question on if the puck crossed the line. Or, or time or ran happened. out or yeah. somewhere, or whatever. Um, you know, anytime you have someone like Pavel Datsuk on the ice, you need to be aware of where that guy is. You know, I would say there are four people, five maybe, in this league 
that if they're on the ice, you damn well better know where they are because they will shoot from anywhere and score. Mm-hmm. And that's Datsuk, Ovechkin, Crosby, Kane, Kane, and uh, Stamkos. Yeah. You know, and for and I get that it's four on four, so it's a little different, but there is no excuse for him having that much room. Someone's got to be in his set pocket. Yep. So uh, he was. Because you know they're looking for him. Yeah, him and Zetterberg are on the ice. You know, the last couple minutes there, so you need to, you know, shut them down there. Yeah. So. Blues, unfortunately, their winning streak is snapped at five. So, well, but we get a point. So pick up the point, pulled even with Chicago. So we're happy, but they have a game up on us. So yep. they uh, are on a bit of a cold streak now. Which is just fine. Lost a couple. I lost to Edmonton, which everybody's pointed out. Like we thought last time, uh, I lost to Dallas uh, yesterday, six two three. So they are struggling quite a bit. So um, who knows? Keep the train going, guys. So we're fine there. Uh, Roy Crawford is struggling there, which not surprising. Maybe he got hurt. L.A. is a good concert. <laughs> True, he did actually get it. But uh, and same thing with uh, you know, the question like for Los Angeles side tangent here. But uh, are they just doing their normal like we suck swoon and then turn it on the last four weeks of the I year? I guess, man. And then you wind up, you know, you get into the playoffs and then you wind up going all the way through the playoffs with like a, you know, five, six, seven, eight seed and then yeah. you kind of dominate people and it's it's. So the question is, this year, the question is, is they doing it this year, or is this the year where they finally, they've played way too much hockey the last three years. Mind you, they've won the cup with the conference finals, won the cup. So the question is, are they finally, that group finally kind of crapping out? I don't know who else steps up. You know, I mean, I think it's the same three teams of that group that make the playoffs between the Ducks, Sharks, and Kings. Yep. I, you know, I don't see Vancouver stepping up yet. I don't think it's going to be uh, Phoenix by any means. Yeah, Arizona. You know, or, yeah, sorry, Arizona. See, I did it this time. Yeah, I know. Um, and, the, you know, the, the other Canadian Plains teams, I, whatever, Calgary has come back to earth. Yeah, they're, they're barely hanging on to that spot, barely like by a point or two. Yeah. I saw I was reading an article um, today, so they're barely hanging on, though. I think the Kings get it, and then once they do, that's when they start caring. Yeah, so wait and see. The Kings are the stereotypical L.A. team. Are these? They are the stereotypical LA person. They are fashionably late to the party. They don't care what time it starts. You know, if you say, "Hey, you know, it starts at seven, they're going to get there seven fifteen, seven thirty, and once they get there, they're going to turn it on." And that's them. Like they don't care if they're first. They don't care if they're eight. Just as long as they get in before you shut the doors. And once they're there, they'll take care of business. Um, it's weird, man. That is. That is the epitome of a team that is built for postseason play, not regular season play. Yep, that's why always people say like the Blues are built for regular season play, but not postseason yeah. play. So let's see if hopefully we can flip the script this year. Here's hoping. So let's go into the on Saturday, uh, the 17th of January. The Blues welcome in the struggling uh, Toronto Maple Leafs with their new coach. With the new coach hasn't and, been fired yet, and coach killer Phil Kessel. So. This period, though, the Blues played like a team that almost did, almost the exact time it didn't care. Boy, Man, oh boy. there were some shots this period. Uh, the Blues led a season-high 16 shots. Um, it was crazy. So, I mean, excuse me, 14 shots in the first period. An amazing amount of shots. And they just, I mean, they were still had a decent amount of shots. They had 11 
So I mean, they were going back and forth. It wasn't, but it's not. They're not a run and gun team. But luckily, in the first period at the 16:40 mark, Kevin Shattenkirk gets his eighth of the year from Ryan Reeves and Maxime Lapierre. So I was uh, impressed with this play that uh, he just basically took the puck from a uh, Ryan Reeves who was holding the puck in the corner along with Lapierre and puts a backhand. It hits uh, Fanuf's great goal. Hits Fanuf's stick. And kind of goes like just taps it. Just taps. It changes enough direction that it fools Bernier and beats Bernier. Uh, I saw a lot of people post that uh, backhand is the hardest shot to track for a goalie. I have to check and see if that's true from our friends. But I don't know if that's necessarily. But backhand and a and and a slight deflection. So the Blues are up one nothing. Even after a period of I would say getting outplayed for the majority of it. Um, But luckily Brian Elliott looks pretty good this period. I mean he's making the solid saves. Covering up the rebounds, doing really well. Uh, the Blues, unfortunately, let a lot of shots in. So, but luckily, Brian Elliott's been there so far. So, second period action, there was none. So, nothing happened up here. No score from either team. Uh, a couple penalties here or there from Petrangelo and James Moran Van Reemsdijk. But outside of that, Blues didn't. Uh, this this game was, as I was telling one of my other friends, kind of boring. Yeah, was, you know, and I actually wanted to go to this game because it's one of the few teams I've never seen play. Life, yeah. And about halfway through the game, I was like, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't go to this game. Because, man, it was just, I don't know what it was. We were, uh, I was with a friend at a uh, bar. And I just, just tweeted this to you, by the way, speaking of the new trial coach. <laughs> I know, I remember seeing, I remember <laughs> some of that one. So, well, we'll say, I'll send, if I check our Twitter at uh, Blues Hockey NHL for see Chris's picture, he just tweeted out. Toronto's new coach. So we uh, reminds me of a couple of old blues coaches. Correct. Well, the this period, man, um, play a lot better. I'll say that much. Yes. Uh, defensively, they shut it down. Not shut it down, but only down to like four shots that period. So we'll take it. I don't know if you felt the same way that I did, but the whole game just felt like Toronto could score any minute. Yeah, and just like because they were just walking in, they just like were able to get in and just yeah. get a shot, man. It was just like somewhere a lot of odd man breaks. It reminded me a lot of uh, that Vancouver game a while back. Yep. Yeah, Vancouver game where they were just had odd man break after odd man break, and you're just like Jesus. Come on, the guys. First let's... game back for Ryan Miller where they were just every other rush down ice was an odd man break. Yeah. So it was a uh, man. This in this period, man. I'm just trying to watch one thing real quick. I just and also. Side note, I was really not impressed with any of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, that team is just a, cluster, I liked, a cluster um, F. It really is. They, yeah, they're they're a dumpster fire of a team for sure. It's just there's no chemistry. That's what I mean. I just, no. I just didn't see, like, a line that blew me away. Like oh, There wasn't a line that blew me away. There were a couple of players that I really liked. Um, and now I can't think of his name. Um, but Kadri? Think, yeah, Kadri lived up to the hype for sure. That dude was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've honestly always thought that Phil Kessel is a bit overrated as a player. I remember when everybody was really mad that we didn't draft him that year when he was number four with think four overall. I think that he's a good player, but franchise player. No. Okay. No supplementary player. He, I'm trying to, I always try to relate players back to a, a similar blues player. And, I don't know if I can think of a player that I would equate him to. Um, Scott Young? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe like a, a little more scoring touch, Scott. When Scott Young was at his peak, let's say. 
Yeah. But uh, that kind of that would kind of remind me of him. Let's get into our third period here. At the 138 mark, Alexander Steen gets a really nice goal at the his number 15th of the year from Bacchus and Petrangelo. And the Blues cap it off at the 15-minute mark. T.J. Oshie on a two-on-one gets his 12th of the year from Alexander Steen and David Backus. That was a great pass from Steen on that goal. Yeah, so the Blues win this one with 3 nothing. Shout out for Brian Elliott. After, kept the Blues in after the first period. And the uh, Miron Toronto still had some shots, especially in the third period. They seemed to kind of come back to start playing really well again. But that second period, they kind of lagged. Uh, let's talk about the Steen goal I thought was probably the best of the night. I agree. Now basically, uh, picks the puck up and... Uh, Deeks around a couple of guys. Uh, luckily, the puck's kind of pinballing. Deeks around a couple of guys and gets the puck on his backhand and outweights uh, a sprawling Jonathan Bernier and puts a backhand top shelf on him. Yeah, that's awesome. And also the TG Oshie's two on one here. He gets a pass from Backus. Steen does, and he. I don't know what Bernier was doing here. Uh, this one. I don't think Bernier knew what Bernier was doing. Well, I was. We were, I was watching this, and I really thought that he just did not read it well. Because he really seemed like he was late getting over. And when he did, he did like the wannabe Brodeur kick yeah. thing. You know, I was just like, wow. Like, Because the thing that happened was Oshie like, gets it, settles it, then fires it. So yeah. he doesn't even like one-time it where you no, got to like. he cradled it for a minute. He cradled it. I mean, it was a quick, like, you know, cradle. But it didn't, it wasn't like he's held on forever. But Bernier seemed to really not get over as fast as I thought he could. And because he played, honestly, I was pretty the goals of me wrong weren't the prettiest, but he made a lot of really good saves too, to the point where he can be a number one for somebody. I agree. Like I really thought he did a, had a pretty decent game. I just don't think that team is. That team's got a lot of problems. To the point where they're talking on the. Uh, I listened to like the Maple Leaf like lunch thing that's on uh, out there. Yeah. And uh, they're talking. It keeps us up. What about Connor McDavid? Let's go for it. <laughs> that's. Connor McDavid in there. Oh, my God. I would love to see that, though. Connor McDavid in Toronto. The media in – oh, my God. Dude, eat him up. Well, he's from Canada, so he might know it's coming already. Type, you know. So, but I would be curious to see how that turns out. Who do you think? Do you think that would happen? NHL is like – Shanahan's like, you know, hook us up with that uh, draft pick. Because technically, you still have a shot no matter who you are. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a lower chance. But It's kind of like when um, the Cleveland Cavaliers – Got it the year of LeBron. LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they had a yeah. decent chance. They were like the second or yeah, third. Yeah, I mean, they team. had the crappiest record the year before, but I mean, it's one of those how many that... times have we seen that really work out? Not very many. Yes. Um, Where teams like, I think, was it, was it not Buffalo last year? Yeah, Buffalo yeah. Like, tanked it last year and then didn't even get the top pick. No. So. Um, and Florida winds up getting in. You know. I think that McDavid in Toronto is extraordinarily intriguing. I think for that kid's sake, I hope that um, if he does get drafted by Toronto, that he's got a really thick skin. Yeah, well, he's got. Yeah, I'm sure he knows. Because it's it's. I think there would be more pressure on him in Toronto than there was Sidney Crosby when he was drafted by the Penguins. And he's playing on the same line as uh as Lemieux. Lemieux, which was oh god, um, that's crazy to even think about. But uh. Yeah. Would so. you say that he's got the most hype around him coming into the draft since the only in recent memory is Crosby and Lindros? I'd say Stamkos had a decent amount. Yeah. Since Stamkos, yeah. I'll say since then, because really any number one since then really hasn't been. See, and I remember there being hype on Stamkos, but not to the level of 
Sidney Crosby. Maybe McDermott. I would, say, I would say I'll give you I'll give you that. Maybe maybe since Crosby, I could see it because. I don't, so Stamkos, I just remember them like tracking him as a teenager. Or maybe, right. maybe I didn't pay enough attention. And to I him. remember, I remember pulling Eric Lindros hockey cards out of packs two years before he was drafted. Yeah, because he's on like the junior team. I remember pulling stuff. Oshawa Generals cards out of packs and just said future star. And we were two years out from him being drafted. With his frosted tips. Yeah, frosted tips. Ah, good. And then, you know, the Sidney Crosby stuff started a good year and a half before he hit the NHL. It just seemed like everybody was ready for this kid. And, you know, the Connor McDavid hype seems to be approaching that level. We're only halfway through this season. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, yeah, because everybody's – I don't think Yakupov had any kind of – no, I mean the year he was getting drafted, I think there was hype, but I mean, sure. but like he said, two years out, like um, McDavid had that kind of hype, so I agree. But uh, let's think, uh, let's think ahead here for Blues games coming up. We are recording on the nineteenth, in a couple minutes, the Blues will be playing the Colorado Avalanche oh, on again. on NBC Sports Network. So we get to have Pierre Maguire with uh, Alex Peter Angelo playing. Oh. I'll give him a hundred dollars if he can just say it right once. And he won't. Here's the big question: Do we break the NBC Sports Plus curse tonight? Mm, we'll see. I I don't want to predict. I, I I like to predict when the game is going on. So all right. I hope they do. Let's just put it that way. Obviously, I hope we do too. So the Blues have a tired of losing on national TV. The Blues have a whopping. 10-day break between games due to the All-Star game. This is the last one, right? Last one before the All-Star break. So the Blues go from the 19th all the way to the 29th. Wow. They play the Predators, which should be a good game at home, uh, on Thursday, January 29th, and then back-to-back games on Friday in Carolina. So a couple of games there, and that closes out January. So this... uh, Hey, you know what January 29th is, right? mm, No. Isn't that uh, Kevin Spacey bobblehead night? No, 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 March 12th. March 12th? Yes. It's a while away still. So, the Blues... Uh, have we talked about that joke, or did we just really confuse people? No, we, I think we talked about that last time. All right. Maybe. If, if we have it... Let's go, um, go with it. Just the Vladimir Tarasenko bobblehead, look at the picture of it that the Blues tweeted out, and tell me that doesn't look like Kevin Spacey in the Blues jersey. Uh, I'll tweet it out later. While we're, remind me what we're watching. It looks nothing like Tarasenko. Rarely do they do. Like, I'm trying to look at uh, some but of the stuff I got down really here. this one's really bad. Yeah, this one's not that good at all. But finally, the Blues are actually doing a good promotion. That's my like thing I really kind of... You shouldn't go get the games just for promotions. But I think if you have promotions, you being a promotions guy. Yeah. I think having quality promotions like that, where it's a bobblehead, the figurine, whatever it is, Stuff like that, well, where stuff we have stuff like this. I know it costs that's a little bit more expensive than just like your posters, which have been given out. But stuff like that, where not only there's collectors like myself and whoever, but kids who see stuff like that and they hold on to that man, then they gravitate to that player or the team that way. Having something that's in their room constantly, around constantly, or they really want that, that might be something that you could capitalize off. Not maybe that even this year, but for years down the road. I and think, I just don't – I just think they, like – I know it's a money thing because they're trying to cut well, costs in places. But yeah, I really it's think – it's not that expensive when you buy in bulk, to be honest. And that's like the first 15000 so yeah, you think about – Yeah, when you're buying 15000 of something, I mean, you're spending money, but your your price per unit cost isn't that bad. Yeah, I think like maybe five bucks once. What's the game against? Uh, Philadelphia. That's why there's a terrorist thing going on at night. 
Yeah. Because which I've always said, the game that you're going into the season, that you wait the season starts, and then you look and see which game is selling like crap. For example, like a set, let's say a Sunday afternoon in like February. Well, if, yeah, against a crap team like let's say Minnesota, then you're just like, all right, let's throw a bottle in there. But even if it's there. Minnesota, at least it's a division game. What you what what you should look for, and this is again the promo guy in me, is it's going to be really hard to convince people on a Thursday night in March to come down to a game against a team that they're only going to see once. Yeah. That, you know, there's, there's no, no real rivalry. Outside there's of, like, no the real 70s history. and stuff. There's, it's not like there's been a blockbuster trade between the two recently. Um, you know, there's no reason to get excited for a Philadelphia-St. Louis game. Yeah. Um, so, you entice people to come down. And you give away bobbleheads. Yep. So I'll be curious to see how that uh, turns out. I'm, I'll and be that there. Kids is how you do promotion, and I'll be there. So uh, kind of interesting. Won't. So let's go with the. <laughs> there you go. They'll be there. Uh, let's go with the Blues news this week. So the big news that came out of this week was, or since the last time at least we uh, talked was, uh, Martin Broder has been given a one week leave of absence to. Uh, mull his future pretty much. And the rumors on what that meant have been flying. So anything, um, pretty much the Blues said, you know, I think we got our goaltending thing settled. We don't want to, you know, obviously we want to trade you to a division person or wherever you, if you want to get traded somewhere, we'll bring it to you first because they have that kind of respect for him. No problem. But, um, you know, we're ready to part ways. The two things that have been floating around per, once per Darren Dreger that the Blues are done, you know, with them, obviously release them, but if offered him a management position. Uh, the reason he's mulling it is because it's more of like, do I want to piss off my, or, you know, my, my New Jersey legacy type thing, where right. would I be offered a job there, but I don't know if they can really talk to New Jersey, you know, type of thing. So who knows what that is, or if he's just contemplating um, moving on to another team, because other teams, apparently, another thing that's out there is not a market for him. So a lot of teams are not interested. Well, so pretty I mean, much is, that's the other rumor going around, that there's really a market for him. So it's pretty much time for him to either A, call it quits, or B, sit on and wait it out. Maybe a team will try and pick him up. But do you want to start jumping from team to team just to get to the 700 mark? Well, well, and that's what is he now, eight games away from it? Yeah, seven, I think. Um, seven or eight, yeah. He's a 500 goalie with us this year. Three and three with a, a .899 save, uh, save percentage. So he's not setting the world on fire. When he's good, he's great. When he's bad, he's bad. Yeah. Just like the last couple years in New Jersey. If I'm Martin Brodeur, I don't know if I want to start playing hopscotch around the league. Which is which is why I think he's taking his time and waiting. Unless, and, you know, our, our friend Jeff Ponder wrote an extraordinarily interesting article about this and posted it yesterday. Unless a deal could be worked out that would send him back to New Jersey where they could plug him in here and there or God forbid Corey Schneider goes down, he jumps back into the main role. I think it's time for Martin to hang it up. Yeah, I just don't think you he's... know. Now I get it. The competitive side, me would be like, I'm eight wins or seven wins away from seven hundred. Like, Let's I, get it. Yeah. But every time that jersey changes for you, it dilutes your legacy that much more. Yeah, like the people are already saying to even jump into the Blues is like diluting your legacy. I don't think, I think it's just like, no, they didn't want him, so he still wants to play. You know, it worked out. I but, think the way that Martin handled it in the press conference yeah. really did a good job of separating 
you know, this is my legacy. I'm doing this just for me. Um, it wasn't a Brett Favre situation. Where you're just jumping around just to just, for whatever reason. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I my first thought when I saw that he took the leave of absence was the end is near. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would wonder if the Blues would release him. Mm. And he, now, he would have to say, I retire, right? And then take the job with the Blues. Yes, I mean, because the only reason... What would be the rules or conditions, say, eight weeks from now, then we, Elliot goes down again? we got to pick him up or whatever. I think he technically can't... Re- I mean, I guess you can come under retire. You've and seen then before. just sign a contract? Uh, I, I don't know does the he have to is. go through waivers? I don't know if he has to go through... I mean, it's with the same team, though. So I don't know if we're not, like... You might have to go through waivers. That could be a possibility. I, if anybody knows the uh, rule there, uh, go ahead and tweet us at Blues Hockey NHL. Um, or if – now here's the thing. If he's going to take the front office deal, can he just say, I retire? That way if he unretires, it's not like we released him? No, I think he has to so unretire. You, you can't have, like, a player contract. You have a management contract. Right. You can't have, you know, a player contract. Well, so if, if he retires, we have to release him? Yeah. Okay. As soon as, you, as soon as you say you're retired, not playing the game anymore, you cannot be under a player contract for sure. Okay. So that's definite. And then you take a whatever management deal. So the only thing happening in the next uh, week or so is the player draft on the 23rd, where they decide the all-star teams now, where they yeah. draft each team. The 24th would be the skills competition, my favorite thing. The captains for this year are Kays uh, and... Uh, Andrew... Cogliano. 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 F-O-L. Columbus. He's in Columbus. He's one of the captains. So I did hear uh, via our friends on the point that when Chat and Kirk was on there, he will be in the skills competition. So once they figure nice. out what team he's on, it's in the figure out which one he's doing. So, But he is going to be participating. They no word on Tarasenko. So still look for Kevin Chat and Kirk in the skills competition, which he figured he would be. Sure. More knocking at the hardest shot. That's my guess. He'll probably maybe do maybe accurate shot or maybe skating. Who knows? That's what I was thinking. And if you're Tarasenko, you've got to think puck accurate. handling drills. Puck handling and uh, accuracy, maybe. Yeah. Or break with a breakaway challenge that they have. You might see him doing that. Yeah. So, the Blues have a little break here. So, we will still be back next week. Um, yeah. To fill the time, we are going to go back to our favorite segment in the world, the Blues Hall of Shame. Yeah. So, we will be taking nominations. Go ahead and tweet us at Blues Hockey NHL, like I said three times already, or on our Facebook page. Hit us up there. Go ahead and or post a comment on our website, uh, blueshockeypodcast.com. It's all one word. And we will take your into consideration. Me and Chris will talk about it, and we will have that next week. We'll probably just talk a little bit about the All Star Game. Like I'm not, I'll give you the score. Maybe we won't probably do every goal. That'd still be ridiculous. No, because it's always like fourteen to twenty. Yeah, so we'll just kind of tell you how we. Ta- we'll tell you how the blues, the blues stuff was. That's about it, and we'll tell you the final score, but nothing, nothing too big. So, um, oh, the other thing I'll mention is that uh, for the AHL All Star Game, uh, Ty Ratty was chosen. Good. So, and also, you think we see Ty Ratty as no, a uh, late call up this year? No, I hope not. That's he's the case. That bigger man. He's just got to get bigger. He's young. I'm not too worried about him. He's doing fine down there. I just hope he's not a uh, T.J. Hensick. That's all. Yeah. Where you can score where AHL, you can light it up. As soon as you get up here, you just don't. You just blend into the background, and you just can't because you're not big enough, and you don't skate well enough. Yeah. I don't play defense. So, 
I hope not. We'll see what happens. Now, the other thing I noticed that the Blues had a St. Louis and dropped the puck. Somebody from the O, from O Fallon. Uh, I hope I say this right. Jincy Dunn, Dune. Keep the U. O. Uh, she as she is uh, from the scored the game-winning goal in uh, overtime against the Canadian for the U.S. team in the under-18 um, games. So that was awesome. So that was nice to see. Apparently, she was very close to making the Olympic team last time. She nice. was she was in the last round of cuts. And she was at the time right sixteen or seventeen. So, oh, that, in. so there you Big go. A. So there you go. So I wanted to mention that because uh, it's cool to see someone from near, uh, oh. obviously near you. So right now, O'Fallon, uh, you know, doing well and on a national scale. So that's pretty awesome. So we'll get ready and go. Mean up, streets of O'Fallon. So. <laughs> yes, mean streets. And uh, we'll go upstairs here and watch the rest of this Blues versus Avalanche game. But let's uh, wrap it up here. So if you'd like to get a hold of us. For now, the fourth or fifth time, if you on Twitter at Blues Hockey NHL or my personal Twitter at JPM Blues Fan Twenty One, I'm at Hossapalooza. And also, if you want to get a hold of us on Facebook, just look up BluesHockeyPodcast.com or Blues Hockey Podcast, or then also our website BluesHockeyPodcast.com. And uh, that 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 good. Thanks, Burke Roll, for the intro once again. Thanks, Melissa Nicole, for being hot and awesome and liking hockey. Yes, and she does a really good job of tweeting out there in the games. A lot better job than me. So I, I, I told my Red New Year's resolution was to start doing that more, and I failed miserably. Yeah, I just throw my phone around a lot and yell. Yeah, so if you want to get a hold of Melissa, it's at STL Melissa Nicole. That's the same for her Instagram. And you look up M, Facebook as Melissa, I think Melissa Nicole. So yeah. one, one L, M-E-L-I-S-A. One L, one S. Very simple. So look her up and look at her stuff. Literally. Correct. So that will do it for us this week. So uh, anything else going on? No, again, talk. no I'm good. Uh, good. And the next week we'll be, well, we'll have to figure out we're what we're going to We're going to be recording. amped up. We're going to have All-Star Game, Royal Rumble. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to sign for kindergarten tomorrow next week. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah, really fun for me next week. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff for the Blues. Coming for you, Paul. <laughs> Don't sleep. Oh man! So now it's now it's on tape now. So now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's that's called evidence. <laughs> evidence. So anyway, oh man, good stuff. So all right, we will catch you guys next week. Being ready for you know, blues doing well. Let's keep it up. Hopefully, get this Agreed. game in Chicago. Let's and, finish the homestand strong. And let's break this national television streak for real. Mm-hmm. All right, see you guys next week. Take it, take it.